0: It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines, more coronavirus cases emerge from the Kwaichung warehouse cluster, the financial secretary plays down concerns about the local economy over threats of US sanctions, and police ban the June 4th candlelight vigil at Victoria Park. For the first time, a healthcare worker has been infected with COVID-19 while performing his duties the twenty-seven-year-old paramedic was only wearing a surgical mask while taking a patient to hospital on saturday he is one of three new cases reported to-day linked to the kwai warehouse cluster here is dr chuan shik from the centre for health protection
1: the source of infection of the ambulance man is still under investigation. He has an obvious contact with 1084. That's why we, 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 we know that um, he, has a, he has a known contact with 1084. He also there's a, um he had accompany a another um, case uh, on 29th of uh, May with full PPE without any high-risk procedure. So we consider the risk for that. Um, Uh, That occasion is very small.
0: And sources say four people who live in the same building in Lekuun Estate in Sha as a couple who tested positive at the weekend are now infected with the virus according to preliminary test results. An infectious disease expert from the University of Hong Kong, Professor Ivan Hung, says he's concerned that the outbreak could last into the winter flu season.
2: We will be expecting some local cluster, small cluster to happen uh, now and then until probably we'll, we might be seeing a second surge in the coming winter. The problem, of course, is that we worry about co-infection with influenza together with the, uh, the COVID-19. Uh, so the mainstay of prevention is still uh, very important, is the use of surgical masks, which are able to prevent or break the, the transmission chain for both COVID-19 and influenza.
0: The financial secretary has sought to offer assurances about the local economy amid the threat of US sanctions over the introduction of national security laws here. Paul Chan has ruled out, at least for now, downgrading the city's GDP growth forecast further, expressing optimism that the economy will rebound in the second half of the year.
3: The economic recovery of Hong Kong in the second half of the year very much depends on the epidemic situation locally and also the global pandemic situation. It seems to us that the uh, coronavirus situation in Hong Kong has been uh, getting under control. With that, we would be able to relax most of the uh, social distancing measures. Hopefully that would help revive the economy."
0: The Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce says more than half of its members believe that the national security law will benefit Hong Kong in the long run. But it's also urged the government to announce details as soon as possible to remove uncertainty about the proposal. And the chamber's CEO, George leng warns that possible foreign sanctions on Hong Kong would result in a no-win situation.
3: If any sanction imposed on Hong Kong, uh, it will definitely uh, affect their own business as well uh, particular uh, on the financial side I mean uh, if there is any financial or investment restriction uh, Hong Kong as an international financial center it will hurt their own financial center as well I think right now we we are we are one world I mean in the financial business uh, they can't isolate any impact that you know hurt Hong Kong and do not hurt their own financial center so they must think carefully about any potential uh, measure imposed on Hong Kong."
0: The police have, for the first time, banned the annual June 4th candlelight vigil at Victoria Park marking the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre, citing coronavirus public gathering restrictions. The Hong Kong Alliance, in support of patriotic democratic movements in China, says that the decision was politically motivated. Its secretary-general, li Chi called on people to light candles across Hong Kong to mark the anniversary. We call upon the people of Hong Kong to
3: stand firm for our rights. We will continue as an individual to uh, light up a candle at 8pm, and the Hong Kong Alliance will still come into the Victoria Park and light up a candle. So we, we, we believe this is an individual act, and it's not a, a rally, but uh, we have an online rally everyone can join.
0: You're tuned to RTHK, the time is just coming up to 5 minutes past 11. A pro-Beijing alliance says it has collected nearly 3 million signatures in support of Beijing's move to impose national security laws here. The group says that shows the legislation has widespread support in the community. As for the timetable, its convener and Hong Kong's sole representative on the National People's Congress Standing Committee, Yu Chung, says he doesn't know yet whether the legislation will be brought up during the Standing Committee's next meeting later this month. Up to now,
3: I haven't information about that because uh, the Standing Committee uh, haven't uh, the meeting now. Uh, so. And may later. You, if they have to uh, all this preparation, it will call the meeting. But I, I, hope that we will finish that um, as early as possible.
0: The Reuters news agency is reporting that Beijing has told state-owned firms to halt purchases of soybeans and pork from the United States after Washington said it would eliminate special treatment for Hong Kong. Two sources familiar with the matter said purchases of US corn and cotton had also been put on hold. It follows a US decision to cease recognizing Hong Kong as sufficiently autonomous after Beijing moved to impose the national security law. The foreign ministry spokesperson Xiao Lijian warned Washington against changing its treatment of Hong Kong.
4: China is committed to working with the United States to develop a relationship free of conflict and confrontation, based on mutual respect and a win-win cooperation. Meanwhile, China will resolutely defend its own security and developmental interests. China will take firm countermeasures to any words or actions by the United States that harms China's interests.
0: Seven former British foreign secretaries have urged the Prime Minister Boris Johnson to take the lead in the international response to China's tough new national security laws for Hong Kong. The former secretaries, including David Miliband, William Hague and Malcolm Rifkind, have expressed their views in a letter to Mr Johnson. The BBC's James
4: Landale has more. In their letter to the Prime Minister, they are as one all express their concern at what they call China's flagrant breach of Sino-British agreements by imposing tough national security laws on Hong Kong. They say that because many countries take their cue from Britain over its former colony, the government must be seen to be leading the international response. As such, they urge Boris Johnson to set up an international contact group of allies to coordinate any joint action. The model, they say, should be the contact group set up in 1994 to try to end the conflict in the former Yugoslavia.
0: Local retail sales have fallen for the 15th straight month, but at a slower pace. Sales plunged by more than 36% in April, but that's lower than a 44% drop in February and a 42% decrease in March. According to the latest government data, jewellery and watches continued to be the worst affected, sinking almost 77% in April from a year ago. Clothing and footwear sales plummeted almost 63%. Only supermarkets had better business, with sales rising 14.4%. The government says that the latest data reflects the impact of COVID-19 measures on consumption and tourism. It's warned the outlook for retailers remains challenging. Overseas, it's emerged that President Donald Trump was taken to an emergency bunker in the White House. For about an hour on Friday, because of concerns about the threat from protesters outside the building. The unrest has continued in Washington and many other parts of the United States over the death of a black man at the hands of the police in Minnesota, as the BBC's Alim McBoole reports. These were protests against the killing of George Floyd, but given the
3: location, also a message to one person in particular.
2: He needs to grow up. He needs to be a man. He needs to stop with the childish, act, childish acts, the childish tweets.
3: He needs to be a man.
4: As night fell, the mood
3: got angrier. Here outside the White House, for the most part, it had been a peaceful protest, but fires have been lit now and the police keep firing
4: gas into the crowds. And they fired other projectiles, too, in defence of the home of the president.
0: Turning now to Covid-19, Manila is coming out of one of the world's longest and strictest coronavirus lockdowns. But certain restrictions will remain. Businesses and shops in the Philippine capital are allowed to reopen and most public transport will start to run again. But schools, tourist sites and dine-in restaurants will remain closed. Here's the BBC's Michael Bristow.
5: Residents in Manila have had to abide by strict regulations. Just one adult in each household was allowed out to go to a supermarket or the chemist or to seek medical help. Only essential workers left home. There were also curbs on transport and outdoor exercise. Manila was closed off from the rest of the Philippines. Some shops, workplaces and transport links have now reopened, but schools, tourist sites and dining restaurants will remain closed. The old and the young will have to stay
0: indoors. Iran has recorded its highest daily count of new coronavirus infections in two months. The health minister has warned of a dangerous new peak. Here's the BBC's Sebastian Usher. The latest official figures from Iran show
5: almost 3,000 new coronavirus infections in the past 24 hours, with 81 more deaths. The health minister, Saeed Namaki, has said it's clear that the crisis is far from over. Since early April, Iran has been trying as much as it can to reopen businesses, schools and mosques after suffering the worst outbreak in the Middle East. Officially, it's recorded nearly 7,900 deaths, but other accounts have put the figure much
0: Moscow is beginning to lift its coronavirus restrictions today, despite Russia recording a record number of deaths from the virus in the past week. Some suspect relaxing the rules has a lot to do with politics. The BBC's Sarah Rainsford reports from Moscow.
5: After two long months under lockdown, Muscovites are finally being allowed out to exercise three days a week. But the shopping centres are opening as well as the popular city parks in a major relaxation of the coronavirus restrictions. It's all happening with the infection rate still stubbornly high, with around 2,500 new cases detected each day in the city. But both politicians and public health officials here insist that the worst has passed. the hospitals aren't swamped, and that it is safe to begin a cautious step-by-step return to life before lockdown.
0: A city near the Japanese capital Tokyo has proposed banning the use of smartphones while walking, in a first for the country. More from the BBC's
4: Will Leonardo. It's a common complaint worldwide, pedestrians glued to their phones oblivious to others around them. In Japan, one city has had enough. The bill to ban the practice will be voted on by the Yamato City Council next month. The issue has gained attention nationwide. A few years ago, a simulation by one of Japan's largest phone providers found that if 1,500 smartphone users attempted Tokyo's famous Shibuya crossing simultaneously, only a third would make it to the other side without incident, with the majority colliding into each other. The ban, if passed, would only be the latest restrictions for pedestrians in the safety-conscious country. While many bars and eateries in Japan are still filled with cigarette smoke, lighting up while walking is a finable offence in many cities.
0: Sport now and England's Jaden Sancho has recorded the first hat-trick of his career as Borussia Dortmund thrashed Paderborn 6-1 in a German Bundesliga match played behind closed doors. The 20-year-old is the first English footballer since 1989 to score three times in a game in one of Europe's top leagues outside the UK. He also joined players across the Bundesliga, offering support for the ongoing demonstrations against racism and police brutality in the United States. The BBC's James Gregg reports.
1: England forward Jaden Sancho revealed a Justice for George Floyd t-shirt after scoring a hat-trick on his first start for second place. Borussia Dortmund, since the Bundesliga, resumed. They thrash bottom side Paderborn six goals to one and they now move within seven points of leaders Bayern Munich with that victory. Earlier, Borussia Mönchengladbach moved into third with a 4-1 victory over Union Berlin.
0: Rugby Australia has announced the sacking of a a third of its staff, as the organisation works to recover from the sport's coronavirus-enforced shutdown. The organisation said 47 of its 142 full-time workers would leave over the coming months, and those remaining have been asked to take a 5% pay cut. 30 other contractors and casuals have also been sacked. Rugby Australia's interim chief, Rob Clark, called it an incredibly difficult day, but said it was necessary to ensure the viability and sustainability of the organisation. A reminder of our top stories tonight. More coronavirus cases emerge from the Kwai warehouse cluster. The financial secretary plays down concerns about the local economy amid threats of US sanctions. And please ban the June fourth candlelight vigil at Victoria Park. The news from RTHK
5: RTHK Radio 3.
0: It's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's news Wrap programme. Health authorities have reported three more locally acquired COVID nineteen infections, all connected to a woman diagnosed at the weekend and, for the first time, a medical worker has tested positive. Dr. shuk from the Centre for Health Protection said that the 27-year-old paramedic had performed some procedures on the woman as she was being taken to hospital on Saturday. anna Marie Evans asked Professor Ivan Hung, an infectious disease expert from the University of Hong Kong, whether he was seeing a reemergence of local infections or even a local outbreak.
2: Since an outbreak, there are some uh, local cases that are happening right now, but not many of them. Just a a small cluster. I think what we have to do is to clarify what actually, where are the sources of these infections. And that will probably tell us more about uh, what actually is going on, whether this is a local, a real local uh, outbreak, or whether it is a a so-called important in certain ways. Nevertheless, we will be expecting some local cluster small cluster to happen uh now and then until probably we'll, we might be seeing a second surge in the coming winter
5: now it's the first time a health worker has been infected um do they have enough protection and are they taking adequate precautionary measures
2: well i think overall we are uh, very cautious i think the infected uh, healthcare workers and ambulance crew not a doctor or nurses so there may be a a slight less cautious because when the patient was transferred by ambulance to the hospital that the the ambulance crew perhaps was just wearing a surgical mask and not clear that uh, what actually that patient not realizing that patient has been infected with with 19 especially given that there are no recent cases uh, and that the patient was a young patient so i think the, the overall is that we have to be very cautious taking the measures that we are treating anyone with respiratory symptoms as if they are COVID-19 and that they should be wearing an N95 plus a a face shield, especially when you see patients, no matter what age, that they present with upper respiratory symptoms uh, or fever.
5: Now, what do you think is the source of the infection?
2: Well, I think currently uh, we are not sure yet. Uh, There obviously could be that there is some uh, asymptomatic patients that have been passing the virus to uh, the current patients in, in Prince Wales Hospital and, and that they are some asymptomatic local cases. The other possibility of course has not been excluded is that uh, because the patient actually work looking after uh, imported goods from overseas then it could be that the, uh, you know, the, the parcels on the goods that they are looking after could have been contaminated by COVID-19, even though we have no evidence yet, but uh, it could be one of the sources. So it could be an important source.
5: Now, you did refer to this earlier, but are you worried the coronavirus outbreak will continue until winter and then be coupled by the flu season? And also, why are you calling for the use of nasal vaccines for young children?
2: Well, I think the problem, of course, is that we worry about co-infection with influenza together with the the COVID-19. Uh, so the mainstay of prevention is still uh, very important is the use of surgical masks, which are able to prevent or break the, the transmission chain for both COVID-19 and influenza. Nevertheless, I think important is to prevent the influenza outbreak, in addition to wearing masks, especially in children, to give the, uh, the, either the nasal vaccine or the mist or the conventional intramuscular vaccine. But the flu, uh, the flu, the nasal vaccine is perhaps much more acceptable for children and can easily be uh, given to the children with better acceptance both with, uh, with the parents and also the children.
0: The Hong Kong General Chamber of Commerce has urged the SAR government to do more to allay the concerns of other countries, especially the U.S., about the upcoming national security legislation. While the chamber said more than half of its members aren't too concerned about the bill and actually believe it will do Hong Kong good in the long run, they are worried about possible sanctions that other countries may impose on the SAR. Earlier, Priscilla Ng asked the Chamber's Chief Executive Officer, George Lung, for his reaction to the recent announcement by US President Donald Trump that America would begin eliminating Hong Kong's special trade status.
3: Actually, we uh, just uh, completed a survey on how uh, our members see uh, the national security law, uh, their impacts on their own business. Uh, the result um, showed that uh, actually, uh, Quite a large portion, uh, some around uh, 60% uh, of our members, see uh, in the long run uh, the introduction of the law would have a positive impact uh, on their business. Uh, although in the short run, because right now we still haven't uh, seen the details, and uh, there's a lot of uh, rumor, you know, in uh, in the media, uh, that might affect, you know, um, uh, their sentiment, and uh, that's why in the long run. Um, Uh, the business, our member business believe that Uh, there might be more than half of our member uh, to see uh, a negative impact. So that's why uh, the Chamber urged the authorities to release the details uh, of uh, the legislation uh, provision as well as the implementation measure as soon as possible. Uh, We believe that uh, when the details are made known to the public and remove the uncertainty, then it will have more uh, business uh, people believe uh, uh, positive impact uh, on the overall operating environment.
5: But are they concerned about, you know, the sanctions from the U.S.
3: When the time we conduct. The survey, uh, the U.S. hasn't been announced its measure yet. So uh, at that time, I think uh, the member really uh, have a lot of concern about you know uh, the potential uh, impact on the Hong Kong economy and on their business. But so far, we learn uh, from the announcement of the U.S. the impacts on Hong Kong. I mean, the, the, the announced measure uh, on Hong Kong seems to be uh, uh, limited, particular on on the trade side and on uh, other. Areas. Area. So uh, I think that uh, the member might uh, uh, less concerned than before, uh, but we needed to check it out a bit later uh, when all the details being loaned. One point I want to emphasise is we also asked our member whether they are concerned being arrested uh, or under any uh, possible legal loophole that might be being trapped by this uh, national security law Mm. Uh, but we found that uh, this is the item they are least concerned so they are more concerned about the uncertainty surrounding uh, the law uh, in the short term Mm. Uh, but they believe that uh, the law will help to improve the law and order and provide a must save uh, business operating environment in the future, and that's why uh, quite a lot of member express a positive will uh, to uh, the, the the security law. Mm.
5: Now it seems like they so they are quite positive about this law, but then of course, um, President Trump's announcements are, are short on details, and you know, then there may be room for more discussion and negotiations. Do you mm, think yeah. that the Hong Kong government should get more actively involved in this and pro- probably like try and you know reassure oh. the U.
3: S. So Definitely. I mean, uh, right now, I mean, uh, the impact on our trade seems to be very limited. I think the financial secretary already mentioned the number, so I don't repeat here. Uh, But one thing is uh, we still need to let uh, the U.S. and other, uh, our trading partner knows that Hong Kong is an international city. If any sanction imposed on our, on our, on Hong Kong. Uh, it will definitely uh, affect their own business as well uh, particular uh, on the financial side I mean uh, if there is any financial or investment restriction uh, Hong Kong as an international financial center it will hurt their own financial center as well I think right now we we are we are one world I mean in the financial business uh, they can't isolate any impact that you know hurt Hong Kong and do not hurt their own financial center so they must think carefully about any potential uh, measure imposed on Hong Kong. And the Hong Kong government should uh, talk uh, to uh, this uh, country more to let them to uh, understand, I think, uh, uh, the situation. And also in our survey, uh, we found that uh, uh, our foreign companies in Hong Kong actually more concerned about the sanction and also the circular law than the uh, local company. Mm-hmm. It just reflects that uh, if there is any uh, potential sanction imposed on Hong Kong, uh, it would hurt you know mostly uh, those foreign companies in Hong Kong here. So I think that is the message we need to send back to you know the U.S. and other governments.
0: The coronavirus lockdown in the Philippines has been the longest in the world, at more than two months and also one of the most stringent. Workers who arrived back in the Philippines have not been allowed to leave Manila to head to their home provinces for two months, leading to at least one suicide. Domestic helpers were unable to come to Hong Kong to take up their contracts, and foreign domestic workers here have been unable to go home and leave. Now, there has been a slight easing of the lockdown, and RTHK's Manila correspondent Alan Robles told anna Marie Evans how much difference it will make to daily life there. Well,
6: lots of people have been allowed back out in the street because of the lifting of uh, the quarantine, which lasted 76 days. However, I should point out that it's not a total lifting of the quarantine, that there are certain classes of people, for instance, seniors, and then people younger than 20 aren't allowed out, and certain shops and certain businesses still aren't open. So it's basically a list of employees who are going to work. Now, the reasons for the how would you say upgrade of the status probably has very little to do with uh, the pandemic because the numbers really haven't changed and the in fact the infection rate might be going up it's the economy that has been taking a whaling and metro manila is the economic hub of the philippines and it's been shuttered for more than two months So the country's economy is taking a beating and businesses are going bankrupt. And I think people are worried about that. That's why the government decided to open Metro Manila and certain provinces.
5: Now, the other thing is, in a similar way to India with some of the migrant workers there, I mean, you've got a lot of people in the Philippines who are going to be on day wages. You know, So already there was uh, an acute problem with poverty and that's been exacerbated by COVID-19. So how are these people coping?
6: Well, that's one thing. The government has been providing these people with some sort of subsistence allowance for the last two months. And then a spokesperson, the presidential spokesperson, said recently that this allowance will be withdrawn because now we're on what they call general community quarantine. And therefore, the government doesn't see any need to continue giving these, uh, th- these allowances. So I don't know what they're going to do, but that's the least of the problems. Even the people going to work have problems because government might have lifted restrictions on transport, but they they haven't allowed jeepneys and buses to to operate. So these people who are going to work find that they only can take uh, the train or private vehicles or taxis and these are in very much in short supply and the government basically said well that's your problem and I think that people have had difficulty getting to work and then they're going to have to get home because many cities still have curfew which lasts from 8pm to 5am.
5: Gosh that's quite stringent. So why has uh, President Duterte and the government been so tough during this last two months?
6: well the, people are saying that they weren't tough enough early that they didn't restrict these people and that, that they should have implemented the quarantine uh, a weeks before they actually did and as a result uh, the the infection rate uh, was actually climbing and now that it's it's been implemented for too much people are saying that the government actually hasn't done enough testing and contact tracing to maybe warrant lifting this quarantine in other words the government might be taking a big chance it's really a toe in the water i think and government is prepared to implement quarantine, harsh quarantine again should the infection rate spike so this opening is only going to last until june 15 and government is going to see what it will do then
0: the bulgarian-born artist christo has died at his home in new york at the age of 84. He became famous for covering some of Europe's landmarks with reams of cloth, including the Reichstag in Berlin and the Pont Neuf in Paris. With an assessment of his life, here's the BBC's Will Pertz.
1: He always worked together with his wife, born the same day, same year, same hour, called Jean-Claude. And they started in 1961 in Cologne, in the harbour, where he started wrapping oil tanks, rather like he did at the Serpentine a couple of years ago, in cloth. And then they, they, their projects get more, got more and more ambitious until in the 80s, as he said, he wrapped the, the Reichstag in Berlin, which was the most extraordinary thing to do. And I suppose he's coming out of this same idea of land art, where I, I suppose famously Robert Smithson made Spiral Jetty in, in Salt Lake. Um, but the great difference about what Christo and Jean-Claude were doing was they were making art out of the built environment where humans had been or where humans existed. He was taking great big structures, immovable, cold, hard structures, wrapping them in these beautiful diaphanous fabrics and giving them sensuality and, and this fragility and turning big buildings into beautiful sculptures.
0: The BBC's Will Gumpertz. Those stories were part of the News programme, which was broadcast on RTHK...
1: Earlier this evening, Steve Dunthorn from our newsroom. The Education Bureau has launched the eApp online application system for this year's Hong Kong Diploma of Secondary Education examination candidates. Students can lodge advance applications for sub-degree and undergraduate degree programs not covered by the Joint University Programmes Admissions System. Applicants do not have to notify the institutions of their examination results in person. Please visit www eapp.gov.hk on or before July 13th Live across Hong Kong This is Radio 3 January to December We'll have moments to remember 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 Remember
4: Oh yes, this is it Our kind of music, nostalgia, from now until 1 a.m.
0: That was the music of Mantovani. On a
4: day like today
1: We pass the time
6: away Writing love
1: letters
0: And the sound We like to say happy birthday to Pat Boone, his 80th oh birthday today.
1: When I cry